0: All right, welcome back to the National Real-Time Crime Center. Association official podcast where our mission is an all-volunteer organization dedicated to serving real-time crime centers throughout identifying training opportunities, networking, identifying best practices, and fostering public safety partnerships. Today's episode is going to be brought to you, as always, by Two Cops, One Donut podcast, a podcast that's designed to bridge the gap between the community and the police. If you're wondering how you can become more a part of the NRTCCA, take a look at our screen here. We have a QR code up there. I know for my police officers out there if you're you're wondering how to join this it's only 25 bucks a year it doesn't get much cheaper than that um, especially if you're used to the cost of police equipment and other reoccurring memberships and things of that nature so take a look at the screen use your phone use that qr code it'll take you directly to the nrtcca page and it will get you to our membership portion all right today's episode we are going to have Mr. Jamie Hudson from Elk Grove PD out in California. He is their real-time crime centers. Um, what do we got here, Jamie? You're the, the real-time information center manager.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: I want to make sure I got that all right. That's a mouthful. I bet your business cards are big.
1: Very long, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. Uh, this is our second official episode and this is our second run at the intro. Uh, I had a snafu on the first recording where I recorded the audio and I forgot to hit the video. So I want everybody to see your beautiful face, Jamie.
1: Well, they could have passed, but it's all good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Mr. Hudson, uh, this is a new thing that we got going on here. This is our second, an, uh, second annual, second official podcast. And... We are trying to educate folks out there. We're trying to get them um, learned it, if you will, on everything that is real-time crime center associated. Um, there's a lot of things out there. There's a lot of consultants. There's a lot of snake oil and all this stuff out there on the websites and interwebs, and we're just trying to give this all-volunteer program here um, it's, its voice so people have a, a beacon to go to when they're trying to learn how to do this stuff. And you yeah, are too. one of the founders of
1: that. I am. Yeah. Part of it. And uh, with a good group of people.
0: So I know we kind of discussed this before, but I've changed my career path. I am very much a community oriented uh, police officer and so much so I created a podcast that is designed to bridge the gap between first responders and the communities they serve. And then I got into the real time crime center stuff i'm I'm kind of a nerd if you can't see behind me. got some Star Wars stuff and um tech stuff and all that nonsense. I'm a nerd and then I found out about real time crime center stuff and when I was learning it a few years back, you were one of the people that everybody said to get a hold of you and like Dalton Webb and chris Hen- henningson I can never say his name. he's our president by the way um. <laughs> And uh, good dude. Uh, I was told to get a hold of these guys and eventually did. And that's how I got associated with the uh, with the association. It's kind of redundant. Allow myself to introduce myself. That's what it <laughs> reminds me of <laughs> uh, Austin Powers, for those wondering. Um, but yeah, you are one of the founders of this. So let's get into that. So how did this all come about and where are we at?
1: Yeah, so uh, interestingly, it was uh, similar to what you had just mentioned with with your career path change, right? So uh, my first 28 years of being in law enforcement was in the 911 dispatch world, uh, knew all things 911 dispatch related. Uh, I wasn't the biggest technology guy, and so that might resonate with a lot of people that are being tasked by their agency heads to lead or build or start a real-time crime center, Uh, you'll learn and you'll learn quickly. So uh, when I was approached about three and a half years ago from our command staff to stand up a real-time information center, uh, that was kind of a tall task for me because I had to not only learn the technology that they had already decided to incorporate into this center they were building, but also uh, figure out the most efficient way to use it, what we can incorporate that we don't have yet, how we can budget for it, how we get grants, all this other stuff. So uh, the project management side of that uh, really hit home for me. And so that's where I hit the ground running with uh, no budget, a freshly built real-time information center, uh, physical center, and no staff. And so that kind of got me into that and started the the idea that I should probably contact some other real-time crime centers that are out there to figure out you know what do you do? What what do we use? How does this thing work? And and what's what's going on with it? So that started the uh, the path for me. And what I realized very quickly was there was no easy way to do that. And so contacting people very difficult, right? So uh, that that kind of started my my wheels, so to speak, being in motion of how do I get at minimum a group of people together so that we can be a resource for other people once i get my my research done right so the one thing that i knew from the dispatch world was there are plenty of technology partners vendors out there and so i knew of, of some of the major players in uh, the real time crime center world uh, as technology partners so i reached out to them and just asked them hey if i wanted to go see the Cadillac version of your software, or your platform, or your hardware, uh, in a real-time crime center. Where should I go? Because I wanted to see it working and and working well in that. And luckily, you know, all of the major players that I was able to get a hold of gave me somewhere to go. So we went on kind of a round-the-world trip there uh, in about a week and saw six different crime centers uh, throughout the country. And after that trip was done. Uh, what we decided to do was bring everybody together in Elk Grove to try to host a symposium so that we could get even more technology partners together. We could get more real-time crime center employees like ourselves together and really start talking about best practices, et cetera. So fast forward uh, from my research days to last May in 2022, uh, as a city of Elk Grove, we hosted uh, what we called the inaugural uh, real-time symposium. Uh, it is not only inaugural, but it won't happen again because we had uh, the National Real-Time Crime Center Association developed. Uh, so that all kind of went hand in hand at the same time. And so uh, as part of my research, reaching out to people, I ended up contacting Chris Henningson with Scottsdale. Uh, Arizona and, and the Valley, Phoenix Valley area have a great group of networked agencies that that are uh, starting to build these centers and have some pretty good ones built already. And so he and I started to discuss things and he was interested in uh, an association. And that's where we decided that would be the best route to go, to allow are not only ourselves to get best practices but allow any agency looking to build enhance whatever it might be their real time crime center one place to go they can get free advice they can get free best practices they can discuss all these things so uh, a long answer to a short question but that's kind of how I got into this game and and really where we're at currently
0: well what I like what you're talking about coming from a cop perspective this is so this was kind of one of my first impressions as a police officer is like a guy like you could not possibly start something like this and it work Mm -hmm. because why you don't, you don't do the job. You're not doing what I'm doing. That's right. But dead wrong. Yeah, (laughs) I I was dead wrong in that assumption. And what I've been learning, um, especially coming from an agency where our real time crime center is unique. It's all sworn police. Um, And it works really well. Uh, I love it. Trust me, I'm not trying to say that I'd get rid of it by any means, but I am very more open to the concept of having civilians in there with my officers, because um, guys like you out there, you know, leading the way, and um, because of that, actually, one of the things I can share, you know, if you check out our website, he's he was you, he, Jamie, you were talking about, you know, these these companies and stuff that you reached out to. How rare is that for a company to even? foster something of that nature like hey come here's us at this department that is of a similar size and and everything that you're looking at that is kind of neat in the concept of what the association is bringing to the table we're bringing all these com, compet this competition these competitive companies together and they're saying all right we're going to put the mission above our our bottom line and we're going to try to get out there the best product we can by working together which is what the national real-time crime center stuff's all about. Um, because us as police, we, I, I don't care. I want what's going to help me catch bad guys at the end of the day. Yeah. So just the fact that you were able to go out and have basically talk to these companies and they're willing to work with you and tell you, yeah, we're set up over here, go check them out. And instead of making you like, no, here, buy part of our product first and then we'll talk. They didn't yeah. hamstring you. They didn't do anything like that. So I like that. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's interesting to see, um, how, as this association develops, uh, the collaboration that seems to, uh, that's going on behind the scenes now, it's not even so much of a, a bragging right for these companies that are out here doing this stuff. Now it's more, the officers are like, oh man, we've got, you know, uh, what do you got? Flock and Insider. We got Fusis and, and Genetech and we've got, we like, everything's working together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's and freaking then, awesome. You know- it's impressive uh, I didn't know what to expect, so uh, when I started to to contact companies to see if they wanted to be a part of the symposium, I really didn't know what to expect in that, and I was uh, surprised at how welcoming those technology partners ended up being right so uh, you know, they did their due diligence in, in vetting the the symposium itself to make sure that their investment into that was was worthwhile. Uh, but if it wasn't for them, we couldn't have had that. And so uh, luckily for us, we got a lot of our, our big technology partners, and I keep calling them technology partners, because I, I have an, an aversion to calling people vendors, because really, what I've learned in the three and a half years of doing this is that it is absolutely a partnership between real-time crime centers, between uh, technology partners that are out there. And like you mentioned, there's it's such a broad spectrum of what they are. And, you know, to, to speak to your, your sworn staffing, non-sworn staffing, et cetera, uh, Fort Worth PD was my first place that I visited that was all sworn staffed. And so uh, the whole concept of of staffing and what's the best staffing model, et cetera, that was turned on its on its head when I went into Fort Worth because what I saw was a group of sworn detectives operating efficiently and operating very well. And so uh, and I had and I'm used to seeing non-sworn folks in real-time centers operating efficiently, operating very well. So what it really showed me was there is no one perfect model. At any crime center, I, I think that we all can learn from each other, learn from our our mistakes, learn from uh, the successes. And when it comes to staffing, really evaluate how do you how does your agency look compared to other agencies out there that have real time crime centers? How does it look crime wise? You know, crime stat wise? How does it look uh, staffing wise, et cetera? And then start to build that. Uh, individually as opposed to just kind of grabbing a staffing model off the shelf and and going from there.
0: So when you started looking in the, when you started seeing crime centers all, all over the place um, and the idea of the, the association and stuff like that started coming to fruition. um, I feel like I've been talking a lot about the association where I want to kind of focus on the gap, the gap that we had and that was the communication portion. Like yep. if if Elk Grove and Fort Worth were right next to each other and they've got overlapping crime, um, you know, do they know what's going on with each other? And are they able to communicate? And there's this this there's this obvious gap, um, officers and, and and departments working in their silos, and although they do communicate slightly, there was a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, which is yeah, something that you started, that you noticed before most, and um, you did something about that. And you also noticed that the technology uh, needed needed tweaking and, and fostering. So you did some beta testing and stuff like that. So yeah. can you get into that?
1: Sure. Yeah. So uh, I'm lucky enough to work at an agency that is not just very progressive. I feel like that's almost cliche now uh, to say that an agency is progressive, but they they truly have given me uh, the widest berth possible to explore everything that we need to explore to make sure that our agency at minimum is operating the most efficiently run center that there can possibly be. So with that in mind, uh, we're also kind of charged by the chiefs to go out and make us proud and do well, right? So in uh, May of 2020, we had some protests uh, up in our Sacramento region uh, and the protests were, you know, they went on for, for quite some time. And so we didn't have any uh, protests in the sense in Elk Grove and we're, we're kind of attached to Sacramento in Sacramento County. So what we decided to do as our real-time center was ingest all of the video that we could find and all of the intelligence that we could find and then restream that back out to, Uh, the agencies that were sending mutual aid resources up into Sacramento. And so we did that using Teams. We really didn't have any idea what we were doing at that point. Uh, So we used Teams, and as we like to tell people, we broke Teams because it's just not meant to ingest a whole bunch of video and and send it out to places, right? So that started our our mission of now we need to find a streaming source. We need to find what it is that we're doing uh, so that we can get Low latency sub second latency streams out to command staff out to uh, executive staff from agencies that were sending folks so that that started the transition from teams to uh, another provider that we use that was super expensive, but offered the low latency or the sub second latency streaming so just as an example of how tech changes. The first year, very expensive. The second year, we went to transition to Amazon Web uh, Services and we're paying, you know, thousands, many thousands of dollars less to stream the same content and at the same latency. Right. So um, then we decided, you know, what would be nice is when we have these these crime events that do occur in any one of our jurisdictions and they end up being multi-jurisdictional, which is daily right around the country. Uh, how do we communicate with those other agencies, crime centers, or those other agencies' staff without increasing the volume of work on each agency's dispatch center, et cetera? So, uh, I've been I've been working, and so has the National uh, Real Time Crime Center Association, has been working with our tech partners to really look at how do we develop platforms that offer in the moment you know, interoperability when it comes to an event. So if we have an event where, you know, we're in pursuit of somebody that maybe let's just use bank robberies, right? So we're in pursuit of a bank robber. They're they're firing shots at our pursuing officers. We happen to run the vehicle and we realize that it's it comes back out of a, a city that's 45 miles away. How do we connect between us and all of those agencies, between us and that 45 mile away uh, agency so that, they have the real-time intelligence as we're working that event. So that's just one of those things that I, is still being developed. Uh, and I'm happy to say that, that the tech partners that we do work with, they're aggressively engineering solutions. And so they're looking for solutions based on feedback, input, et cetera, that real-time crime centers are giving them. So that's kind of uh, where we went with communication. And it's uh, it, it works at, at all levels. You can do it through a Teams chat. You can do it through a WhatsApp chat or any other messaging service that you have you can do it through LinkedIn you can you you just have to figure out who you're going to involve when and how and how it's going to work
0: okay um now through doing that and 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 I mean you're a pioneer like what were some of the what are some of the things that you ran into obstacles you ran into that we can help other agencies that are just now figuring out. Cause I think this is kind of our big message is that anybody can start a real time crime center. All you need is a computer and a radio.
1: Yeah. You right. don't
0: need much. That's right. Um, so with that being our like big message from the association for you, what were some of the pitfalls and holes and stuff that you, you see that you can help others, you know, look out for along that path of trying to get a, a real time crime center established.
1: Yeah. It, I think the, the biggest obstacle that I've come in contact with is kind of that traditional law enforcement thought, which is when I go and I see something cool, I need that.
0: Or like the the video wall. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or I
1: go and I see something cool that my neighboring agency has and because they have it, that's what I need. What I realized was, and, and I mean this sincerely, all of the tech partners that, especially the ones that you saw listed uh, when you put that, that graphic up, All of those tech partners are good at what they do. And so what I realized pretty quickly was my agency may not be the right fit for a certain platform, but that same platform might be a perfect fit at many other agencies. And so uh, that's the biggest obstacle for me was I was used to looking at two, three products and making a decision after we vet those out and, and do the due diligence there and kind of going, okay, this is what we need to do. When in reality there are a lot of products and you should probably spend the time contacting agencies that have them contacting uh, the vendor, asking them, you know, specifically, can you do this? How does this look, et cetera. And, and making sure that you're leveraging their technology to get every bit of value out of what you're putting into that as an agency. So the biggest obstacle for me is I don't, I don't want to have anyone say, for instance, the folks that are going to watch this podcast If I mention a vendor or a platform that I have in my agency, I don't want anybody to look at that and go, "All right, that's what I need in mine," because it it probably isn't, or it might be. So, uh, with us, we do uh, we do a ton of beta testing for technology partners that we don't have a fee based relationship with, and we do beta testing with technology partners that we do have a fee based relationship with, because we want we we really want these these technology platforms to serve everyone the way that we need it to do uh, in the industry. And so for us in Elk Grove, beta testing stuff, we'll do that all day long. It doesn't mean we're going to buy it from anybody. It doesn't mean anything other than we will give you very clear feedback on how it worked for us, understanding we're a different animal than the agency 100 miles from us or 2,000 miles from us. And so hopefully... They're doing those beta tests around the country and different sized agencies, et cetera, as well. but uh, biggest obstacle, don't fall into the trap of buying what looks cool or what you're told is cool. Do your due diligence, make sure that that platform is gonna work for you. Do your own trial of those platforms. All of our tech partners have been open to giving us trial periods on stuff, and that you really should take advantage of that.
0: yeah, um i I have i. I like the or what you're talking about as far as um, having the like you hear another agency like you know oh, we're wearing Nikes out here on the in the streets and you're like oh well shit we should be wearing the Nikes too, and it's just like making it's it's like police culture, like yeah. What what the culture of policing that works up in NYPD isn't going to work down in Texas, right? It's just different culture. Um, so that's the same message that I try to send about these vendors. I'm like. Listen, it, it, if, if they're here and we're, like, if you want to know about them and their reputation and stuff like that, we can talk about that all day long. Um, but ultimately, it's going to be on you to figure out who fits well for you. Um, I yeah. can't tell you. Now, some of the things that you can do, and this is my recommendation for any police agency out there that's starting to look, like, figure out your general size, your population, uh, size of your department, and then start looking at agencies that are similar. Obviously the closer they are to you, the more the culture will be similar. Um but don't be afraid to venture out, you know, state to state, you know, across the nation, region to region, whatever it is. But find the ones that are a similar size and um similar uh police agency size as well as your city population and then go from there. See what's working for them, see what's not working for them. And if you're wondering yeah. like, how do I get a whole how do I know who has what? Well, that's one of the things that the associations doing.
1: We're yeah, and, trying to give and you that info. A, that's an important piece right there, Eric, is that, you know, it, it, let's say that there's an agency that some a representative from an agency watching this podcast that, that has just recently been tasked by executive staff, build a real-time center. Here's a couple hundred grand, which that doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Here's a couple <laughs> hundred grand, right? We need you to build this center and yeah. okay, go, right? Oh, and by the way, you need to build it before the end of this fiscal year. Otherwise, those those monies are gone. You know, A lot of places, because of the nature of what we've done traditionally, will run out, put, in, put a, uh, an RFP out, and look for a consultant group to help them move along. Because, hey, we need to do this quick. We need to get this done now. Uh, the beauty of, first of all, consultants are fine. And there's a need for consultants. There's a need for that expertise out there in the world. So I don't want to disparage that. But uh, that's what this NRTCCA is for, right? So... I can tell everyone that there are associated members of the NRTCCA from agencies that have every single product that's available in the real time crime center space right now in use in a real time crime center. And so that's the beauty of that is that if you, you know, if you get a a good consultant, they're going to know of a lot of products, but they may not have that expertise in that product specifically. I was just contacted today by somebody else in your state that wanted to talk to me about a product that I know about, but I don't use. And so instead of trying to answer that question, I connected them with somebody in another state in Georgia who I know does use that product and they can get their answers. So that cost that person in that agency $0, right? To, to get that answer and to get that done. And and that that's the nature of what this is for. Connect people, get, get things connected so everybody has those answers that they need.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree, sir. Um, all right. We're kind of hitting, uh, we're kind of hitting the, the end, which we, we try to keep these short informational and, uh, jam packed with a bunch of knowledge and stuff like that. Is there any parting things that you want to talk about that we didn't hit before we go?
1: Uh, you know, the, the thing that I love to, to say as often as I can is if you're in an agency who is tasked with starting up a real-time crime center, uh, first of all, there's, real-time information centers, crime centers, watch centers, operation centers, everything else, right? So the names, the acronyms, it, it all comes down to the same thing. But if you're tasked with, with starting something up, do it incrementally. So start uh, start at the foundational level. What is your department about? And really, what resources do you already have to start real-time policing? Then build a crime center philosophy around that. So. Unless you're getting a grant for a significant amount of money and and you really want to build a physical center right now and and start everything up immediately, uh, do that first. Look at the foundational level first, be incremental in your approach, do it one step at a time, and and you'll be surprised at how fast things do come together. And I think that'd be the message I'd want to leave everybody with.
0: I like that, brother. Good stuff. All right. So um, obviously, anybody out there listening? If you need to get a hold of Jamie for anything, I know the guy. Definitely he's open. Um, you can get a hold of me uh as the communications director. I like putting that in air quotes. Ah, my man. Currently I am <laughs> studying my butt off to become a sergeant at my department. So um I'm been unreachable, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but um it's going well. So uh it's only for a little bit longer. But Jamie, I appreciate you coming on here, brother.
1: Yeah, no problem. Man. I'm glad to be a part of it.
0: Well, I don't think you have
1: a choice because we're going
0: (laughs) to we're going to always reach out to you as a definitely a a master at at, at this craft, because it it, even though it's still in its infancy that like there's like I said, there's certain names that people just know and you just happen to be one of them if you're in this world of the real time crime centers So I appreciate you being on, brother.
1: Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks. All right, man. You take it easy. You too,
0: man.